Eagle Nation. You're listening to Gotta Talk, a podcast dedicated to all things Georgia Southern football. Now, here's your hosts, Matt Monty and Cody Anderson. When you think about Georgia Southern football, you think about a program filled with tradition. But right after that, you probably think of all the high-powered offenses the Eagles have had through the years. Be it the Hambone or the Georgia Power Company offenses in the 80s, the Jeff Monk and Flexbone that beat the University of Florida in 2013, or the home run hitting pistol and gun options under Willie Fritz. But every sports fan, including Georgia Southern fans, know that a great offense can only get you so far. To be a champion, you have to be great on the other two phases. That's why this show is dedicated to special teams and defense. Welcome to Gotta Talk. I'm your host, Matt Monty, joined by my friend, my co-host, and my former college roommate, Cody Anderson. What's up, Cody? Not a whole lot, man. I'm just ready to get this season started and go ahead and let's begin with these uh, special teams and defensive previews. Before we get things going, I just want to send out a huge thank you for all the support so far. We've seen a great response from Eagle Nation on Twitter and Facebook. We're seeing more downloads of the first episode and more subscribers to the podcast each and every day. Eagle Nation has been great with our feedback, welcoming us, validating our idea that the Georgia Southern fan base needed something like this and we're thrilled to be able to bring it to you and there's plenty more to come we plan to get better each and every week through your support through your feedback and through your suggestions i said in the first episode that this was a podcast for georgia southern fans by georgia southern fans cody and i want to be as real as possible as fans we're going to have opinions we don't obviously expect everyone that listens to agree with those opinions but we realize what sets us apart from the others is our ability to tell it like it is cody and i want nothing more than our eagles to win every time time they take the field but if you expect us to sugarcoat a loss like the 55 to 20 blowout against UMass last year or predict that Georgia Southern is going to roll into Death Valley and beat Clemson by 20 plus points you're listening to the wrong podcast we're passionate about our team so you'll hear our viewpoints through navy tinted lenses but we also want to be as realistic as possible in our analysis so again thanks for listening if you're enjoying please help spread the word there's multiple ways to listen to us now we're on iTunes the Google Play Music Store Stitcher and the Podbean app for both Apple and Android. You can also visit our website, gotatalk.com. That's G-A-T-A-T-A-L-K.com for all our episodes, bios of Cody and I, and a chance to leave feedback for questions and topic suggestions. So let's start things off today with a preview of that Georgia Southern special teams unit. Special teams was arguably the only strong point of the team the last two seasons under former head coach Tyson Summers. Cody, uh, just tell me a little bit about an overview of this Georgia Southern special teams. Yeah, as you said, I mean, it's kind of been the only bright spot over the last two seasons. No surprise, Lunsford was over that area of the team. Um, Matt Flynn, was, as far as the punter, was excellent. Bass and uh, Koo has been fantastic the past two seasons. Can't really get much better as far as when it comes to field goal kicking. For the most part, kickoff returns and punt returns have been not, a, I wouldn't say explosive, but they haven't really cost us the games as far as untimely fumbles or anything like that over the past couple seasons. As we move forward um, over this next uh, 2018 season, um, hopefully that will continue. Um, it's going to be head up by Andrew Dodge, which is a very, very young coach. Don't really kind of know what experience he has, if any, much with the special teams, to be honest with you. Um, it seems like in his past, he's been more on the defensive side in regards to where he did grad assistant work, his 
a small amount of coaching time before this. Um, but we'll we'll see. We have an excellent field goal kicker and bash returning. We do have some question marks when it comes to punting and kickoff and punt returns. So we'll see what uh, Coach Dodge can do coming up this coming season. And about Coach Dodge, let's talk a little bit about, you mentioned Lunsford headed this unit the last couple of years and found success under him. And we've seen Georgia Southern head coaches kind of step into their comfort zone a little bit. You know, we've seen Willie Fritz help out with defense. We've seen Jeff Munkin help out with offensive play calling. We've seen even Tyson Summers help out with defense the last two years. So do you think Lunsford might have a role in this still? I, I think that's probably safe to say. I, I would hope so, um, to be honest with you. But yeah, I think Lunsford does have some sort of uh, his handprint definitely all over the special teams. All right, awesome. So we'll start looking individually at at kind of some of the positions with special teams and some of the key playmakers. We'll start with place kicking. Uh, You mentioned Redshirt Jr. Tyler Bass returns to handle the place kicking duties. Bass was recently named to the Lou Groza Award watch list. That award is given to the nation's top collegiate kicker. He's also a consensus preseason all-sun belt selection as he enters his junior season. Bass handled kickoff duties in 2016 and filled a huge void in 2017 with the loss of Lou Groza Award finalist Young Wei Koo, who you mentioned. So looking at some of Bass's stats, he was 15 for 19 on field goals. That's a percentage of 842, and that ranked second in the Sunbelt Conference. He hit a season-long kicks of 48 yards against Georgia State, and then in the season finale, another 48-yard kick against Coastal Carolina. He also ranked second in the conference in kickoffs with a net of 40 yards per kickoff, finishing just a half a yard behind first place in App State kicker Michael Rubino. Yeah, Tyler Bass is an excellent weapon to have. I mean, anytime you get within you know, under the 40-yard line, it's automatic three points when it comes to field goal kicking. He just seems to be an automatic guy that you can count on time in and time out. And he has an excellent leg. Like I said, you get within the 40-yard line, we're going to at least have three points on the board. So that's an extreme benefit to have under DeBess's offense. Even though we want to have touchdowns, we know that that's not going to be 100% guaranteed all the time. As far as kickoffs, to me, he's one of the best, not just in the Sunbelt Conference, but I would say probably in all of college football. Um, Very rarely do we ever have to worry about the other opposing team having to return kickoffs. And that's a great feeling because they're not going to get the big play, they're not going to get the momentum swing, and they're going to have to drive the ball down 75 yards if, they, if it's a touchback, which much of the time it is, if he pins them inside that, then it's even further. So he's an excellent, excellent weapon to have, and hopefully he'll be injury-free, so we'll have him this year and next year, and he'll be a great weapon as far as special teams for our team. Absolutely. So turning our focus to punting, that's a bit of a question mark for the team right now with the loss of Matt Flynn, who averaged just over 40 yards per punt last season. Bass has, as you mentioned, a a strong leg as evident of his terrific kickoff numbers. Uh, He actually attempted two punts last season, a 38-yarder against App State and a monster 61-yard boot the next week against South Alabama in that huge 52-0 win. But looking at the post-spring depth chart, redshirt sophomore, I'm probably going to butcher this name, but McGill Bar was listed as the starting punter coming out of spring. He was named first team all region and all state out of high school. He played for Athens Academy. So Cody, just tell me a little bit about this punting unit and who you think kind of steps in and fills those big shoes left by Matt Flynn. Well, I think just to to be honest in regards to who steps in, who fills his void, 
whether it's Bass or if it's this redshirt sophomore, I'm not going to be like, yes, I want this guy or yes, I want this guy. I just want them to be able to come in and fill the void. Uh, I don't want to have to come in during or after the UMass game or after an Arkansas State game and say a punter shanked the punt and this is what cost us the game. As long as they can just provide some consistency here, get the ball downfield, pin the defense back, not give the defense an easy field to come down and score points and just really kind of be that asset for when we do have to punt the ball. I'll be thrilled whether it's Bass or the redshirt sophomore. It doesn't really make a difference to me as long as they can just do their duty and go out there and perform and do an excellent job. Now, I'm not going to expect them to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. That's unfair to put on any player that comes out there on the field. But as long as they do a great job, good job, then we'll be fine. As far as Bass goes, I kind of, if he's the best punter and he's the one that Coach Lunsford and Coach Dodge want to go with, that's great. But that's really asking a lot for an individual to go out there and do kickoffs, field goals, and punting. That's a lot to do in a game. And it leads him to more injuries, especially as a punter. You have the risk of a defensive player coming in there, injuring the leg. If that happens, then you're down punter, field goal kicker, kickoff kicker. You don't want to be down in that situation. You don't have to replace all three if you don't have to. So if the redshirt sophomore can step up and fill that void, fantastic. But if it happens to be Bass, well, then it is. I just hope whoever does it does a great quality job. And it's not a weakness in our team that we see that hinders our ability when it comes to not scoring points on offense. So now let's move to the return game. Um, The Eagles lose their main returner from last season and Miles Campbell, who averaged eight yards per punt return and nearly 22 yards per kickoff return. But returning are the speedy sophomore duo of Dexter Carter Jr. and Wesley Kennedy III. Both had just a small sample size of what their production could look like, but when they got their chances, they did not disappoint. Honestly, this is uh, one of my biggest criticisms of former head coach Tyson summers you would see these things you see guys uh, come in and make big plays at certain positions and then you never see them again and I you know I think the biggest example of this uh, was running back Monteo Garrett we'll get more into that and his numbers and what we expect from him next week in our offensive preview Um, but let's look at those special team numbers return numbers from Kennedy and Carter Jr. Kennedy had nearly 16 yards per punt return in just three attempts and an average of 35 yards on kickoffs, while Carter only saw actions on kickoffs, including a 70-yard return for a touchdown against New Mexico State. So, Cody, what's your thought on a return game, and how do you see these two guys and others factoring in? Well, I think these two guys can definitely be home run threats, um, which will be great you know, to have that fear instilled in all of our opponents that if you don't take our special teams and our kickoff and punt return seriously, we can take you to the house and we'll put seven points on you, no problem. I think if it was my choice between Dexter Carter and Wesley Kennedy, I think it would probably lean more towards Dexter Carter only for the reason that Wesley Kennedy is going to be a big part of the offense. And so you don't really want to have him taking more unnecessary blows being the punt and kickoff returner. Um, with that being said, uh, they're going to be both terrific, fantastic returners at the end. I think these guys will be home run threats every time they touch the ball and definitely will make a kickoff return team um, and punt return team really regret kicking them the ball if their coverage is not spot on and they allow a hole for one of these guys to bust through. Because like I said, they definitely have the speed to take it to the house. We'll definitely put fears in other teams' special teams coverage uh, for sure. So I'm kind of excited to see both these two guys kind of get the shot at it. And, you know, we'll see who gets it. And for some reason, it's neither one of these two guys and it's somebody else. Well, then I think that's even better because if they're able to out 
perform in fall practice, Kennedy or Carter Jr., then I can only you know expect them to even be faster, better you know handling skills when it comes to catching these footballs out of the sky, and and definitely the speed's going to be there. All right, so moving right along to defense. The Eagles returned nine starters and lost key playmakers in two positions in linebacker Chris De La Rosa and defensive tackle Darius Sapp. We mentioned it in our first episode that defense will look a little bit different this year under new defensive coordinator Scott Sloan, who brings the 3-4 defense to the Eagles that he ran as co-defensive coordinator at Appalachian State. Now, if you're listening to this, um, you know a thing or two about football. You probably have at least an idea of what the 3-4 defense is, but to quickly kind of explain it, the biggest difference is how the team looks up front with three down linemen instead of four and the addition of a linebacker with four on the field in the base scheme. Typically, teams that run the 3-4 are very big up front. You want big, tall, and physical linemen up front to disrupt the line of scrimmage and move a little bit more laterally to cover space and cause havoc on passing plays while the linebackers disguise rushes or break into coverage. While Georgia Southern has ran the 3-4 in the past, they've never really been known for having a monster D-line. They've always been kind of undersized compared to teams... uh, across the country and even teams within their own conference. Also, the nose tackle position is critical in this scheme, and that's one of the biggest question marks, Cody, for this Georgia Southern defense is do we have the size up front to hold our own, and do we have a guy to really play that uh, nose tackle position and be that disruptor um, right there in the middle over center? At nose tackle right now, coming out of spring, redshirt senior Ian Bush is listed as the starter at six foot 275, with Ty Phillips listed as the backup. And they'll be anchored by defensive end sophomore Raymond Johnson III at 6'3", 240, and senior Logan Hunt at 6'2", 270, though we could see Logan Hunt play at nose tackle as well. So, Cody, just tell me a little bit about this D-line and some keys for success under this new 3-4 front. Well, I think in regards to the defensive line, I think one of the things that will be a concern will be the size. But if they're quicker than the, their opposing offensive line or they can bust through those holes, then that's what's going to be needed. Um, as long as they are quicker, faster than the offensive line, then the size won't be that big of an issue. Now, if they're going up against an offensive line that's just as quick and just as fast as they are, then, then the size will probably be an issue throughout the game as far as them being able to put pressure on the quarterback, get in the backfield to disrupt the run. But I think these three guys, as far as Bush, Johnson, um, Hunt, especially Johnson and Hunt, definitely have the speed to really get around, bust up the holes, bust up the the line, and and really be havoc for the majority of the teams, the vast majority of the teams that we play this year. As far as nose tackle position, I think that will be one that will be interesting to see how it plays out um, through fall practice and see who gets this starting nod coming against South Carolina State and how that changes or doesn't change us throughout the season. I think there's a freshman that's coming in that I think could be a, a big help and, and may kind of force his way in to get some playing time throughout the season. That's C.J. Wright. I think he is going to be a beast on that line. And to be honest with you, I think these three guys, or if it's another three guys, whoever, I think they're going to do really, really well. Their D 
defensive line coach is, I believe, is a tag team champion now in wrestling. So I think these guys are, are going to be really, really prepared coming into the uh, the season. So they may be undersized, but I believe that they'll be quick enough, fast enough to, to really cause havoc this year. So moving on to the linebackers, you know, this is probably the biggest question mark for the Eagles on defense. They lack linebacker depth last year and now have to face not only losing standout senior Chris De La Rosa, who finished second on the team with 56 total tackles, but also they're adding a linebacker to the starting rotation under this new 3-4 scheme. So Cody, tell me a little bit about the linebackers. Well, I think when it comes to the the four linebackers on the field, you'll have two inside linebackers, two outside linebackers. Inside linebacking crew, I think, will not be that big of a worry. They'll have some depth there. They'll be fine. Um, I think the biggest key is going to be on the outside. You typically, one is more of a what you can may call a quote unquote fourth D lineman, maybe more involved in rushing the passer, maybe more involved in, in stopping the run. The other outside linebacker is what you may kind of consider a hybrid between linebacker and safety. More will drop back in coverage, could be a fifth uh, defensive back if needed or if we need him to, to blitz a quarterback, could obviously do that as well. So I think that's where going to be the question mark is, is who steps up and who can be our outside linebackers and, and, and really solidify those spots to where they're not weaknesses for us. Yeah, so when you look at our secondary, that's the third piece of all this, and, and you know this unit is easily the most experienced and talented part of the defense without question. You know, there's several guys that have been playing since they were freshmen and, you know, probably could end up playing on Sundays. You know, guys like cornerbacks Monquavian Brinson, Kendall Vildor, and senior safeties R.J. Murray and Joshua Moon. You know, these guys are fast and they can hit. That being said, the defensive secondary gave up far too many big plays last year. Cody, I know we've talked about it a lot. Um, in fact, only 17 teams in the country allow more yards per pass than this Georgia Southern secondary last season. So, Cody, tell me a little bit about this Georgia Southern secondary. Yeah, I think the secondary, on paper, you have all the pieces there to where our secondary could be lethal. I mean, just shut down across the entire field. But... If you look back at the last two seasons, the performance has at times not been that great. You just look back at the Arkansas State game last year. We gave up big play after big play, and a game in which we nearly outperformed the other team by 200 yards, we lose by 18 points. And it's because some of these failures in the secondary, getting guys behind us, safety, thinking corners doing man, corners actually playing zone. All of a sudden, the guy's wide open down the field, and there's nobody within 10 to 15 yards around him. That's got to be shored up. We can't go into the season like that. Otherwise, we're probably going to get blown out by teams like UMass, Arkansas State, teams that have experienced quarterbacks with experienced receivers that will prey upon those weaknesses and prey upon that miscommunication. So hopefully Sloan and the rest of the secondary coaches work with the guys on that, get that communication down, shore up those times in which we know who's covering who, if we're in zone, if we're in man, where we're supposed to be on the field so that these big plays don't kill us, which is really what's kind of happened the last two seasons. So, like I said, I think the experience is there. We definitely have cornerbacks that are locked down guys. Brinson, Vildor are locked down guys. Safeties, 
again, they look like they should be able to cover, be that center fielder out there and be able to do that position that's required of them. We just got to see it on the field. Yeah, and obviously different players, but I think it will ease the minds of everyone at Eagle Nation if they go and, you know, swallow your pride a little bit and go and watch that Appalachian State tape from last year. I was watching one earlier today uh, when App State played Tennessee and they hung with Tennessee throughout the whole game and the defense was a big reason for that. I mean, the defense was flying all around the field, especially that secondary. It seemed like everything that Tennessee tried to do they had a guy there, uh, multiple guys there that were uh, putting a helmet on the ball and uh, squaring up and, and just and delivering big hits. So I think you're going to see that intensity from these guys. And as Cody and I have mentioned, we have the talent there. So I think bringing in this coaching, uh, bringing in uh, you know someone that has a, a true sense of what he wants uh, out of a defense, I think that's going to be a key. Both of these coordinators that Coach Lunsford hired, they know their identity. They know what they want to bring. And I think Coach Sloan will bring that to this team. And I think we're going to see the on-paper talent of the secondary really shine on the field come this fall. Before we get out of here, again, just want to thank everybody for all the likes, shares, tweets, retweets, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, Thank you so much again for all the downloads. We really appreciate it. And this is just going to keep us uh, motivated to to bring you the best best podcast for Georgia Summit football that Matt and I can uh, possibly deliver to everybody. All right, so that's it for this edition of Gotta Talk. Again, thanks for listening, and tune in next week for our offensive preview. Hail Southern, Matt. Hail Southern. Thank you for listening to Gotta Talk. Be sure to visit our website, gotatalk.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Gotta Talk Podcast for more news and coverage of Georgia Southern football. Reach out with questions, share your thoughts, or suggest topics on our social media channels or by emailing us at gatatalkpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Eagle Nation, gotta and hail Southern. Uh-huh.